Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And on this week's show, I've got three guests. Welcome back to Paul Denby. Hi, everybody. Uh, Joe Doherty. Hello. And Dave Hodgson. Hello. Uh, we've got uh, my question this week to kick us all off is, is it over the last four games, we've won three and one of those we won a cup and we're still in two more competitions? Or is it defeat to Liverpool overshadows all of that? And it looks like it's just going to be that one trophy, the one we didn't particularly weren't that bothered about, the League Cup. Which one is it, Paul? Kick us off, please. You've got to be very pessimistic to concentrate on... I know, I know that wasn't your point, now, it was a question. You've got to be very pessimistic if you think the 3-0 defeat is the be-all and end-all. I'd rather have lost to Liverpool in that one and beaten them in the League Cup final, which we did, albeit on penalties. So, ticking the box there. I'm pretty happy that we beat Kiev in the pre- previous match before that one. And then stuff Villa, but everybody stuffs Villa, so I don't really count that game. But I'm, I'm mildly optimistic. Um, will we get another chance at any other trophies? Odds are probably against us, but it's not out of the question. So I'm reasonably optimistic. OK, well, we'll come back. And to, so, uh, Dave, are you, where do you fit on this sort of optimistic, pessimistic scale? Whereabouts are you then? Um, I'm going to say that the Liverpool game is what captures the zeitgeist of City right now. Um, if you are looking at how we're playing... I think Liverpool is the best indicator of how we've been for most of this season. I think the Kiev game, you have you can ride off a bit because they hadn't played for 11 weeks beforehand. They're on a winter break. They were lacking in intensity anyway. And that's normally how people are getting, us by, getting at us by being more intense than us. And, you know, Villa are persona non grata. They are probably, you know, I, I can't remember a team being this moribund, you know, so deep into a season. And it's just... I, you know, I, I don't think you can really say beating Villa is an achievement anymore. So your challenge, Joe, is to beat Zeitgeist and Persona Non Grata in your first paragraph on the show, please. And Moribund. I didn't go to Cambridge, though. It did come. It, it did come through. That Cambridge did come through from from the great, the intellectual. Dave Hodgson. It was impressive, wasn't it? It was very impressive. I'll give you that. Well done, Dave. So, so, so have a go, Joe. See how you go anyway. All right. Um, okay. Well, I think the Liverpool game, we were more noticeably bad than we were noticeably good in any of the other games. I think that Kiev, 
yes, it's true they haven't played for a while, but I did think we played a bit better out there and we did, you know, we've knocked the ball around well. They weren't great, but we kept hold of it and had to do what we had to do and we won comfortably. Uh, Liverpool in the cup, we could be positive about the fact we won the cup and it's great that someone a bit different was the hero, but to be brutally honest, we should have, been, we should have had that game wrapped up before they got anywhere near us. So I don't know how positive you can be about that. And if that was a league game, we'd have thrown away three points that looked in the bag. And then the Liverpool game was atrocious. And then, you're right, the Villa game, everyone beats Villa. And while everyone batters them, and we did batter them, the manner in which we battered them, I don't think was that good. We were very poor in the first half. and the second half, they gifted us two goals. Then we started to play, you know? So, so where do you want to start then, uh, Paul? Are we going to start with a, to dissect that Liverpool game first? Or is it so far in the memory that we just... Because, uh, we, of course, we did the, the League Cup victory on, on, on last week's show. So we've kind of got those two league games to, to, to talk about. Do you, do you want to just briefly talk about Liverpool? Or do you want to start with the fantastic result against the mighty Aston Villa, who are riding high at the moment? Can I do something a little bit different if you don't you mind. You can do anything you do, like. Do my, my usual statistics. We have played the top eight now, 11 games against the top eight. We have picked up three points, three draws, eight defeats. That is absolutely pathetic. All eight defeats have been against top eight teams, so that means we are doing very, very well against anybody below the bottom eight. So, statistically, we are crap against the top and brilliant against the bottom. Before you carry on, I, knowing you were on the show this week, I brought my own statistic to try and sort of work with you here. So, points against the top half, nine points, with a goal difference of minus 11. And points against the bottom half, 41, with a goal difference of plus 32. That's a, that's a Paul Denby statistic it for is. you. It is. It's similar to the one I just quoted, except you went to 10th and I only stopped at 8th because the two teams we beat were in... Because I know we get loads of, loads of viewers coming in telling us, you know, why we got that wrong. But, man, that is absolutely incredible, isn't it? It, it? it is incredible. Is it in their heads now? Is it psychological? Do they go out against the top teams and think, we can't win this? Because something is fundamentally wrong where we've not picked up any wins against a top eight opposition yet. You've got a view, Joe, I'm sure. I've got a stat of my own. Uh, I recently saw a picture of the table as against points against the top six or top seven, I think it was. West Ham were top of that league, and, you know, credit to them, they're having a good season. We were second bottom. Only Aston Villa have done worse against the top. And you've got to look, you know, Norwich have beaten Man United. Newcastle have beaten Liverpool. It's absolutely shambolic. I mean, OK, I'm... I think we will probably I think there's a decent chance we'll beat United in a couple of weeks and I did enjoy that one you know that one weekend when Southampton went up to sixth because we have beaten Southampton which is probably the best team we've beaten this season in all honesty but yeah I mean and, and for the most part sorry no, no, for the most part they haven't been unlucky defeats either both Liverpool games Tottenham Arsenal we were pathetic in all those games and didn't lift ourselves for the sort of games the players have got to lift themselves for I'm going to be a broken record again and I'm going to talk about the thing I always talk about which is our complete lack of intensity our lack of pressing when you are looking at players like De Bruyne and Aguero you know they have moments that can almost beat a team on their own so against smaller teams this is always going to be very possible when it comes to something like you know maybe Southampton West Ham you know teams in teams up in that area who are you know who are tactically very sound, they defend well, they press. Tottenham being another classic example. You know, we are getting undone by teams that are more prepared than us, that are tactically more aware than us, but moreover are more prepared to 
fight for ground and really press us. And we have no answer to that. And we've had no answer to that time and time again. And, you know, it, it's, it's always the same problem. Do, do you have a theory why, Dave? I mean, you obviously, you, you, you watch the game, you're a huge fan, you, you always talk so eloquently about the game and you understand the game. Do you have a view of why that's happening as well? Any idea at all? What's your, what's your view? You must, must have thought it through. I think a lot of it comes down to how we've set up in central midfield. I think we have had Torre, who, again, to use my phrase of the night, you know, persona not grass. You know, he, he's not he's not invited to the table when they're defending. He sort of stands up there. He's not sort of involved in that. You seem to feel that Fernandinho has to do the running for Torre and his own role, which is box to box. That's energetic. Fernando is very limited. He can be very good at what he does, but he's very limited. What we don't do is press for that space. If someone wants to come at us, we haven't got that ability to sort of defend deep in midfield and then move the ball forward quickly and effectively. We're too slow to get it out. We're too slow to press people. And it's when we lose the ball that we're particularly weak. Because you can't, you know, De Bruyne, Silver, they can't show off their brilliant technique when we don't have the ball. We need to be so much better at actually getting in the position to win it back, to close people down and to sort of stop attacks as well as be ready to launch them. For me, the biggest signing that we'll need to make, you know, if this Gundogan move that we keep hearing about does happen, that will be so good for us to press you know, someone who gives us that energy, gives that bit of intensity and can help Fernandinho in turning that midfield into something stronger. Because you look at Leicester, that's what it's been built on. It's been built on the pressing game from Kante and Drink water and that's how they've been doing so well starving teams of possession in midfield but, but despite all of that I'm still in a very positive mood I have to say I'm genuinely positive because as we know we've come back from a long way back to finish twice in the last four seasons you know we've done it okay albeit there's only ever been maybe one club ahead of us rather than three as is at the moment but I still genuinely feel positive I feel we can do it do we deserve it? We, I don't think we deserve it from the point we're at at the moment. If we did finish top of the league, we'd deserve it because we'd be top of the league after 38 games. Disappointing the way we've played this season. We've not played very well in a lot of games. We've scraped through in one or two games where we've scored last-minute goals. But we do fight to the end. That's one of the things that we, we do consistently well. I'm just a little bit... Am I looking over my shoulder as well as looking forward? Yes. We've got West Ham creeping up on us. We've got Scum not far behind as well. I think we could effectively, um, it could go either way. We could make a challenge for the top with a couple of good wins. Saturday's game is so important. I know we'll come to that soon and I'll talk about that a bit more when we come to it. But Well, I'd like to go back to the point you made about how, you know, in recent years we have come back to win the title from not very positive positions. And on the positive side, you can say Arsenal haven't won a league for 10 years and are the masters of bottling it when it looks good. Tottenham have been also quite good at bottling it, albeit not the title, but they've always, you know, they've looked like third or fourth and they've gone down to about sixth or seventh. And Leicester have obviously no experience of winning the title. So I'll give us that. On that hand, we are we can be optimistic that we could have the mental strength. On the other hand, though, 11-12 won the league. We did the double on United very comprehensively. We did the double on Tottenham very comprehensively. And we beat Arsenal at home and, OK, lost away. And that's, that was the top four. The other year we won the title. OK, Chelsea did the double on us. Bit unlucky in both games, and, but they bottled it. But then we got four points off Arsenal and we beat Liverpool at home. And again, we're a bit unlucky to lose away. That's the, that is the thing. You've got to beat the teams around you. Look at, you look at all the time. They always talk about relegation six-pointers. Top of the league six-pointers are just as important if you're going to win a title. And this year, our form against those teams just hasn't been good enough. We've had Tottenham do the double on us. And say Tottenham gone to win the league this season, they could really look at those two games and go... Well, we did the double on City. That was a big part of it. 
a big point with Tottenham Hotspur is you look at the average age of that team. You look how young that side is and how hungry they are. Ali, Kane, Dyer. There's so many players in that team who haven't experienced this before. They're hungry to win. They're hungry to press. They're hungry to work for that. We've got quite an old team, a lot of which have won the league before. And you could say, yes, that gives experience, that gives us that ability to deal with pressure going on. But I don't feel that there is a youthful energy that's sort of adding that you know, desire to the team. We have Sterling, who obviously is young and wants to win things. You can see it from his move, you know, putting all that pressure on himself to move to City in pursuit of trophies. But I don't feel that there is the same youthful energy, desire and almost obliviousness to pressure which you see with teams like Tottenham. And I think that is something that we, we've got to look at because this team is going a little bit stagnant. And, yeah, response to that, when you say about Sterling, Sterling is very good and full of potential. And you're right, he's very hungry. But what I would say is he doesn't look confident enough. He can't lift the team by himself. He needs the players around him to be doing well. I mean, look, on, on Saturday, no pressure on him. He's got all the players playing well around him in the second half. He gets a goal. Liverpool, when it matters... He doesn't get a goal. I think that Sterling's problem is, despite the fact he's more experienced than Kane, is we can't rely on him. And I would also suggest that he's, if it weren't for injuries, he maybe wouldn't have started as much this season. I think maybe if Nasri and De Bruyne come back for the run-in, maybe rotate him out the side, use him as an impact sub. Because Nasri, you know, whatever you think about him, he's, he's been experienced and played a big part in both titles we've won. And De Bruyne, you know, he's more experienced and he looks more confident. I think... Um, What's slightly worrying is Ali has come into the Tottenham side and he does look like a player that they can put a lot of pressure on and rely on. Harry Kane, it's only really his second season. He's their main man. I think that's a big difference between the two sides is their young players are hungry and confident, whereas ours aren't really. Of the myriad problems we have at the moment, Nazari is the solution to none of them. I'm not saying he's necessarily the solution, but I would suggest that maybe for a run-in, he's got more experience than De Bruyne or Sterling in winning a title. He was very good in both run-ins in the past. He could be an important player come the end of the season. Can I go back to the Liverpool game? I've I've enjoyed that. That was uh, good stuff, you two. Uh, I'm going to come back to Paul. Let's just sort of talk about the Liverpool game specifically. We've talked more generally about the way we're set up, the sort of pressing bit, um, some long words from Cambridge University thrown in there along the way as well. Uh, The Liverpool game, clearly... They were, as we said, they were up for it. They, they, they won every 50-50. They were, you know, quicker than us. They clearly were up for it, and, and we weren't. I mean, I'm stating the bleeding obvious, I know, because we all saw the game. But They won every 30-70, let alone the 50-50s. I knew we were in for a bad night after about 20 seconds. We kicked off, and within 20 seconds, we'd lost the ball because they pressed us straight away, won the ball back, and I thought, this isn't going to go well. Unfortunately, I was right. We never got control of the game. We never looked like getting control of the game. And it was just a normal high-pressure game. If we can't compensate for that by having tactics that say, when a team comes at you to put pressure on you, you need to go to plan B or plan C to, to make sure we compensate. We didn't do that at all. And if Pellegrini isn't dictating that to the players or the players aren't reacting as they're being told to do, then there's a problem there. And, and clearly something isn't right. Now, Yaya wasn't playing. I'm not a great fan of Yaya. He's not a fantastic. He's a great servant to the club. Don't, don't get me wrong. But the last, this season, he's been very intermittent at the best. He had a decent game in the cup final on, on, the, on the Sunday. Yeah, I thought he had a decent game against Villa as well. I don't think he can play week. He can't play two, three games a week. I would be tempted to play him against Norwich this week. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. That's all right. 
don't play him against Kiev because we don't need him against Kiev. We're three one up if we he can be on the bench, but save him for the United game the week after. I agree. So that's that's where Yaya is good. He can't play three games a week. The Liverpool game was just one of those games. It was the, one of the worst performances of the season, probably as close as Liverpool at home, Stoke away. And second half against Spurs. Spurs. Second half against Spurs. That was only second half. First half were all right against Spurs. How long have you got? And Leicester. So we had several of those games, but I think that Liverpool one was. Stoke to me was the worst performance of Agreed. all. Agreed. Because because the the thing that upset me, Dave, most of all, I think, was the fact that you know, yeah, because of the team selection we did well against Kiev we won the league cup and then you know the league is, is still on and we then put put in a performance like that mm-hmm. and it was the performance that upset me and if we played well and got stuff 3-0 fine not a problem I don't and, and I think fans you know don't mind that as much but when they don't turn up pretty much and you know here's me saying I'm really positive about us winning the league I'm now looking back at that particular game it, it, we didn't perform and we didn't look as though we were trying and we weren't up for it and, and there were, there were two really concerning aspects for me coming out of that. The first one was we were overrun by a midfield which James Milner was at the heart of. And we said we really didn't want him to go. Imagine, you know, this season he would have played quite a lot of games. Yaya yeah, his legs are going, but I think he's also decided his legs are going. There's a little bit of that in there as well. If we had James Milner in that midfield, I think we'd see a lot more of this passion and pressing that I keep talking about. But the, the other thing that really got me... Clearly wasn't working with Sterling Right decision to take him off We need a bit more intensity We've got Ihe Nacho Who changes games when he comes on He works hard He has He, he doesn't seem to feel pressure He runs at people He does all this stuff what do, what do we do? We bring on Bonnie Who is known for sometimes Kicking it quite hard <laughs> I mean he, he He added so little He sort of should win headers But doesn't seem to move for them His movement is non-existent I, I just don't I don't see why When you've got Ian Nacho Who's so full of confidence Players are scared of him Why Bonnie? Why, why make that decision? And going on from that I totally agree about that point But going on from that He then decides to bring Ian Nacho on But he leaves us completely Parless in midfield By taking off The best midfielder in the club This season In Fernandinho And suddenly we're so open That third goal was just A matter When he put those three strikers on Partly Pretty much we put Bonnie on But then when he put all three of them on I, I did not think Right we've got three strikers on Let's really go for this We could get a point out of this I just thought Oh crap We've left our midfield so open They are only going to get more And they, they did get another And probably should have got another couple On top of that But Before Before we talk about Villa um, the good news is, of course, that everyone else lost midweek, apart from Leicester, who dropped points as well. So, yeah, people either lost or drop or drop points. So, in the end, it actually wasn't the disaster it could have been. Uh, over the two games, effectively, the midweek game and the weekend games, Leicester got a further point ahead. I was they picked up four, we got three. Arsenal and Tottenham got one each. Exactly. So, effectively, we've gained ground on Arsenal. If we were, and it's, it's an if. It is against Newcastle our game in hand. Yep. But if we beat Newcastle away, which we should be doing. The, we always do. We always do. And they're even poorer than usual. And effectively, we play Norwich away this weekend. We should be moving into third place. Yeah. And only two points behind Spurs. Yeah, Considering we're such a shitty club at the moment in terms of performances, <laughs> we're not doing that badly, are we? That's so everyone else, though. And I mean, and going matter. back to the point of midweek, though. Um, OK, yeah, Arsenal were... Crap, and they deservedly lost to Swansea. They were completely um, limp and totally deserved to lose. 
Tottenham, though, that defeat did not make me think, brilliant, here comes the revolt. It made me sort of think, well, West Ham away is a hard game. They want to beat Spurs the last time at Upton Park. You know, it made me maybe think Arsenal weren't out of it, but it didn't make me worry about Spurs. Well, uh, sorry, not worry. Um, like be confident about Spurs dropping points. And I, I think our defeat was very, very poor. Probably one of the worst of the top four that night. So, so let's move on to the weekend and, and a game of two halves, as they as they often say down Cambridge Way. Uh, you know, nil nil at half time. We, we were losing nil nil at half time, and suddenly, you know, the, the IR goal sort of changes it all. And suddenly, they. I mean, Villa were pretty pretty piss poor, weren't they? Let's be honest. They have only had one game this season and sadly it was against us <laughs> and that was the nil-nil draw at Villa Park when we just appointed Remy Gard but since then we've seen Parlis defending we've seen nothing in midfield and you look at that team there is no quality I was very concerned Micah Richards how can you say Micah Richards and Jolien Lescott <laughs> have no quality he's no. bottom of the league Sinclair. he's bottom of Sinclair. the exactly Sinclair, Sinclair. Yeah, Richards. Would Sinclair didn't yeah. start, I guess. Richards is a, a <laughs> crying shame that what, what's gone on with his career. But, you know, I, I do feel for him that he seems to be taking the brunt of a lot of the complaints about Villa as captain. But you, you just where do you start with them? But anyway, in terms of us, I think, you know, we, it would, you know, we needed to... We, we were attacking, we were, we were, you know, going for it from the first half. But, you know, we should be breaking those down. We should be clinical against teams like Villa because you will create a lot of chances. And we should be taking them. We won 4-0 and missed a penalty. You'll be disappointed I don't have the statistics. But what we do <laughs> is we wear teams down in the first half and generally batter them in the second half. When we're winning 4-0s and 5-1s and stuff like that, remember Newcastle as well, they went 1-0 up and they, we pulled it back to one all just before half-time and then murdered them in the second half. We do that consistently with poorer teams. Is we, we stretch them, they get tired, the concentration goes, and then we do it. And that's same against Villa. Villa had one chance the whole game. Hart made a pretty decent save in the first half. Their keeper as well. Aguero had that chance in the first half. Fantastic save. But we were wearing them down. It was a matter of time. We'd have been disappointed had we not won at least 3-0. 4-0 was probably a fair reflection. But that's what we do. We wear them down. And Joe, Bonnie was picked ahead of Iheanacho. I'm not happy about that. I think... <laughs> I thought I'd give you the opportunity, you know, just no, to... No, uh, well, you might have seen on my Twitter, I wasn't too best pleased about that. <laughs> um, I, I just thought that Bonnie, when he was starting for those few weeks when Aguero was out, offered nothing apart from maybe the odd goal here and there. He, I mean, he actually played a bit better in the Champions League, I thought. Interesting little side point, but... You know, he was he was very poor. He couldn't turn games on their head like Aguero can. But you know, we don't expect that of him. However, what we potentially expect is Ian Acho to step forward and do better than him. And what does he do? He does. You know, he comes off of the bench against Spurs, changed the game. Okay, we lost, but from that point, we probably didn't deserve to. Gets a hat trick in the cup against Villa. Plays very well against Norwich. You know, all sorts of games. And and even Chelsea when we lost five one, I felt when we were looking good in that game because he was one of the senior players in that team he sort of took the game by the scruff of the neck and tried to have a go and obviously he got the assist I can't believe especially against the worst team probably the Premier League seen since Derby of 07-08 I can't believe Iheanacho wasn't given a chance and I know I know they probably want to make Bonnie look good so it doesn't look like a failed transfer but I think we know it is and the other thing is Iheanacho touch wood has got the future at Man City and we want him to be as good as possible Bonnie with any luck will be gone in the summer 
someone who is doing all right, moving on from Mr. Bonney, uh, Aguero is back fit. Mm. I think it's 12 goals in 14 games in 2016. I've done my research, knowing you're on the show here. Yeah, 12 goals in 14 games in 2016. And that's that's pretty impressive, isn't it? And he's looking sharp, and he missed a penalty. He's looking really sharp. He's back up there to to his best at the moment. Okay, against Liverpool in the Cup final, he did miss a couple of chances. Those were were good saves, to be fair. And he's going to miss chances, because, but he always gets in position. And he's a, he's a world-class player. He's the world-class player that we have got. There are a couple of the others on the periphery of world-class. But effectively, without Aguero, we don't look like we're necessarily going to score the goals that will take us to where we need to get to. So we need him. And, and we need him fit. We need him fit. And he could even still get up there and get the golden boot. He's only a couple of goals or so behind Vardy now this season, and despite having played about 150 games less. <laughs> And the thing with Aguero, you extend the time frame again, you look back to 2011 when we signed him, I think he's got 96 Premier League goals, mm. and I believe that's 14, 15, 14 or 16 more than any other player in that period of time. Probably, yeah. That's a substantial margin. He has been superb, and more to the point, with the way the club's going, the direction we're going, the tactics we're likely to see next season, he is a perfect fit for the way Guardiola plays a striker. You know, Wilfred Bonny will be about as out of place as Arnold Schwarzenegger in a period drama. But, you know, it's... it's <laughs> Aguero is a perfect fit for that formation. And that's what we... You know, we need to keep him fit. We need to keep him happy because we're effectively going to be building a team around him. But Didn't we you have- see Schwarzenegger in War and Peace then? <laughs> uh, pick of the goals for you then Joe at the weekend it's got to be number three hasn't it that was a stunning bit of football I thought the first two were you know gifted to us as I said I, I mean we, obviously we did alright to get in the place and I thought actually to be fair to him Bonnie's one good contribution to the game was the ball he played was it was it a for, cracking pass that was a very good pass and you know well Danny can do one good thing a game but no that, that third goal was a stunning bit of football and that is and I, again I think Silver played a lot better on Saturday and that's those two back to their best well Pellegrini said he's injured I mean Silver has been suffering from a long term ankle knock um, mm. and it's still affecting him that's the sort of the club line on why Silver's form's been indifferent of late and you know we, we do put a lot of pressure on him <laughs> it's it's understandable he'll still be there next season though Silver he's not one who's got to worry about his place the way that plenty of people do I think he will adapt to play that Iniesta role I agree I, d- I don't necessarily think he'll be in the same position I think that number 10 role could be De Bruyne's next season mm. But Before we get on to that, uh, our brand new iPhone app's been updated and is absolutely free at the iTunes store. It's a thing of beauty. With all your shows there, videos, news, etc., download it and leave us a nice review. And all the links to our Facebook page, Twitter, and details of our fantastic phone app are all at citypodcast.net. And join us on Facebook and Twitter, which is at citypodcast. Um, can we look forward to the weekend then? Uh, and uh, certainly you and I, Joe, are off to sunny Norwich at the weekend. Nice long trip there, but... Uh, well, yeah. we've so long and so early, we're going up the night before. But yeah, no, I'm Norwich... When you uh, say we, that's just to be clear, it's not you and me, is it? Oh, God, no, no. No, just, just, just so, in case the listener is worried about that, you and your dad are going Yeah, up. me and my dad, yeah. yeah. It's I'll, be, right. I'll be making my way separately, Joe, it's fine. Yeah, that, that's quite all right. I'm, I'm yeah. pleased to hear it. Yeah, and me too. And <laughs> the listener will as well, I'm sure. I'm sure the listener's very, like, concerned about that. But no... Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd look at our next run of games, starting with Norwich, and I'm I'm quite positive that we could win our next three games, but I'm slightly concerned that we could potentially delude ourselves that that was a that, that could change things because I think we could win our next three games without not playing particularly well. I think Norwich uh, Norwich have been parlous of late, and we did them in the cup with a you know mixed team. 
I think we'll probably get we'll do Kiev in the second leg and I think even if we don't play that well I do think we'll beat Man United at home because I watched them play West Brom yesterday they were absolute crap their best player on the on paper Matter couldn't do it and he was stupid and got himself sent off and you got Van Gaal last 10 minutes he needs a goal we could be bringing Ian Atch the branch he was bringing some young left back off was, I don't even remember his name and you know I think we'll beat United, but so, um, so Joe's going three wins out of three in the next three games. Is are you as positive as young Joe? I think we'll beat Norwich. I think we'll draw with Kiev because we'll play a weakened team. Well, I hope we play a weakened team because you know I think we, you know, we're in a good place. That and like I say, Kiev are still coming back from a winter break. They're not going to be as sharp as we are. United, we shall beat. This is one of the weakest United team in years, which is exactly why I think they might do us. Oh, you know, it's just. <laughs> No we, I, we, I don't know you, But remember I fear Marshall Is basically it you know, No he, company can deal with him Remember Not only did they Get nowhere in a game They absolutely battered us In on Old Trafford Also remember About United Is we will have played A game against Kiev Where we're through we're, we're through We could play a reserve team United will have played Liverpool a day later Which is a big game for them And I don't care If they're through or not they is, will... is that on the Thursday before? Yes yeah. That's oh, on the Thursday before okay. So I, I think we'll beat United Quite comfortably I think 3-0 or something. You're with Joe Paul? I think I, I do think a lot depends on that Liverpool United game. I think if Liverpool United at, um, on Thursday night the first leg is close, so say Liverpool win by a goal or it's a draw, that'd be perfect. Both teams will really go for it at Old Trafford the week after, and that could really take Isn't Anfield the second leg. No, second leg's Old Trafford. Oh, good because United will be more. So therefore, it. it's going to be a real battle, and that could just be a little bit of difference because we'll have two extra days. We play Kiev on the Tuesday. Of course, we do. Yeah, I'm, I'm reasonably optimistic. If we can't beat Norwich, we don't deserve to get Champions League football, let alone. <laughs> have a chance of winning the league Kiev not too bothered about I understand what Dave's saying possibly a slightly weakened team but we should even be able to beat them with even a slightly weakened team then the following Sunday we've just got to beat them simple as that so I think we can get three wins it'll be the first time for a long time we've got four wins on the run though won't it having the well, last yeah. one even if we win on Saturday that'll be the first time we've got two league wins since about September I think mm. which is ridiculous it, well August I think actually isn't it because September we lost a couple of games on the row as well well I think anyway yeah. well after a, a fantastic victory against the mighty Villa at the weekend we look forward to the mighty Norwich this week and uh, it's uh, I've learned so many new words this week from uh, our Cambridge graduate, and I'm extremely grateful to, first of all, Dave Hodgson. You've added a certain edge and a certain culture to the show that we've never seen before. So we're most grateful. To I Dave, try my best. To Dave Hodgson, to Joe Doherty, and for Paul Denby. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here, and thank Pleasure. you for listening. This is Nigel Rothman saying we'll speak to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.